0: To the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Today, as Pastor Jason said, we're starting a new series. My name is Ricardo, and I'm part of the teaching team. And uh I guess you can say this, this series is kind of becoming a, a yearly tradition that on the month of July, the seventh month, we try to talk about rest, about the importance of rest in life and the godly aspect of rest, uh, why he uh, get, gives us rest and how we can find rest in him. Now, obviously, we're talking beyond physical rest, though physical rest is important And God. He gave us the practice of Sabbath, the rhythm of Sabbath, for us to have that physical rest. But uh, we're going to be focusing more on the practice of the spiritual rest, because oftentimes, even if we stop what we're doing, our minds, if you're like me, our minds just keep going. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but... For the longest time, I don't think I can ever remember having a vacation or being on vacation or being on something that I'm supposed to enjoy and at the same time not being able to enjoy it. Does anyone, does that sound somewhat familiar, right? And maybe not everyone and to varying degrees, but a lot of us struggle with being able to enjoy the moment. How can we rest if when we're resting our mind isn't. That is primarily what we're going to talk about in week one of finding rest. We're going to move through various aspects through the series of how to find uh, rest, basically in different circumstances, in every situation, and how that rest has to be rooted in Christ. You know, I've shared here before that I have obsessive compulsive di- disorder. Uh, I was diagnosed at an early age, and so because of this obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, it has obsessions and compulsions. Basically think of it as thoughts you can't control in a sense. Uh, it's a very bad summary, but I don't have time to explain what obsessive compulsive disorder is right now. But and it, it, they feel like necessary thoughts, and that's why you can't stop thinking them uh, because of some anxiety. Uh, But recently, I'm 37 now, and recently through the help of my therapist and doctor, uh, both of them, I discovered that aside from OCD, I have generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, At the root of it, my therapist helped me identify that I have a great predisposition towards negative self-talk. My therapist, who is a Christian, gave me a list of Mind traps or cognitive traps that my mind, basically he gave me a list for me to identify which ones were in my mind. Examples of negative self-talk. These are faulty self-talk. And I need you to understand, you might not identify with all of this. You might identify with one or two. You might identify with a few of them. But the point is, all of us struggle with a little bit of negative self-talk. And we struggle with it to the point where it interrupts our rest. So keep in mind the context of today, even though I'm talking about how we talk internally, the the, the point is being able to rest. I mean, before I show you this list of, of mind traps, I remember even last year I was with my wife on a vacation in Italy of all places, and I had to really find a way to stop my mind. To just, because at some points, my mind was telling me, you're not supposed to be enjoying this. You're supposed to be stressed out about something. Uh, There's stuff that you're not worrying about. Wait a minute. Think about, you know, the things you have to do at work when you come back. Did you send that email? Are you sure that you're not supposed to be checking your emails every day even though you're on vacation? Are you sure you're supposed to be having a good time? You should be worried about this stuff. What about your family problems back home? What about this situation back in Puerto Rico? Like all these different things, they start coming back, and we justify why we need to worry about them because it's almost like we're not allowed to rest. No, you shouldn't have a good time. And so if, you know, again, varying degrees, but I want to show you a list of these traps that my therapist showed me, and it just revolutionized my world. Here are some of the mental traps that exhibit negative self talk. Because again, with negative self talk, you can't rest. The first one, the first trap is all or nothing thinking. The first trap is all or nothing thinking. Basically, with all or nothing thinking, you see things in black or white categories. If a situation is anything less than perfect, you see it as a total failure. If you identify with it, that's good because the idea is to get it out of the way of your rest. Overgeneralization is another self-talk trap. You see a single event as a never-ending pattern of defeat by using the words always or never when you think about it. It could be, "I I always mess up, I never get this right. And these can apply to any walk of life you're in, whether you're a student, whether you're a professional, whether you're a spouse, whether you're a dad, whether you're a mom, whether you're in whatever walk of life, these come in, they trigger in the different stages or the different uh, jobs or uh, things that you have to do. The next one is the mental filter. I realized this one is one of my weaknesses, the mental filter. You pick out a single negative detail and dwell on it exclusively. One word of criticism erases all the praise you have received. We have mental filters. Now think about it, if this is your default, your mind races and starts thinking about these things and you start being down on yourself. The next one is discounting the positive. You reject positive experiences by convincing yourself those don't count. Eh, you know, yeah, I got a good job well done because of this that I did, but, uh, you know, anyone else could have done that. Anyone else could have done a good job at that. The next one is magnification. You exaggerate the importance of your problems and shortcomings or you minimize your desirable qualities. You know, and someone might go to Pastor Jason and say, man, you play really good guitar. He's like, ah, I'm not that great. (laughs) Or to me, I'm a bass player. You know, oh, you're a really good bassist. Ah, I'm, you know, I'm average. Um, Labeling is another trap all or nothing mentality to an extreme basically. Instead of saying I made a mistake, you attach a negative label to yourself. It's not just I made a mistake, I'm a loser, I'm a bad parent, I'm a bad student, I'm a bad whatever it is I do. How can you find rest if this is in your mind? If any of these? How can you enjoy the moment when you disconnect from work and are with your family or with your friends how can you rest if this is in the back of your mind? Here's another one my therapist uh, gave me. It's a picture. Um, there's going to be two columns. One column represents, do you, practice self, uh, you do practice self-compassion. The other column is, I don't practice self-compassion. And so you're going to see, uh, oh, there it is. You can guess by how you read these, which column is self-compassion and which one isn't. So ask yourself, I'll read through the left column. When I fail at something important to me, I become consumed by feelings of inadequacy. When I'm feeling down, I tend to feel like most other people are probably happier than I am. I'm disapproving and judgmental about my own flaws and inadequacies. Now, jump to the other one. If you, didn't realize when the, if you didn't realize it, the left column, if you find yourself identifying yourself there, that means you don't practice self compassion. The right column is where we would want to be from a Christian standpoint. I try to see my failings as part of the human condition. You know, the Romans 3 mentality, as Pastor Jason was saying, all have fallen short of the glory of God. So I try to see my feelings as part of the human condition. When I'm going through a very hard time, I try to keep my emotions in balance. I try to be understanding and patient toward those aspects of my personality that I don't like. And so, again, if you're finding yourself on the left column, then you're like me and you've struggled with bad self-talk negative self-talk that isn't allowing you to rest. How can you rest even if you unplug? You won't rest if you are too hard on yourself. And here's the thing. Jesus wants you to rest on him. You can take all the physical rest you want, but if you are not taking a rest from yourself, (laughs) from your self-talk... You have to take rest from that negative self-talk. You have to. And, and, and please reprogram this if it hasn't clicked for you. Reprogram this into your head. Jesus wants you to take a rest from the negative self-talk. He wants you to shut it down. He wants you to be able to come to him and be rested he wants to give you rest in matthew eleven twenty eight he says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest Now, the immediate context of this we 'll talk in one of the sermon uh, series uh, uh, or excuse me one of the sermons of this series later on. The immediate context is you're tired from trying to perform duty to earn God. And the context here is more about, you know, coming to rest because we come to God by grace, not by anything we do. But he wants you to rest. If you don't believe it, just look at Psalm 23, a very well-known psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then it says in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's rest. Rest. You look in the commentaries, you talk with pastors and theologians, they'll tell you that's about finding peace and rest in God. He makes me lie down in green pastures because we don't want to take a break. He wants you to rest. Come on, sit down. Sit down. Take a rest. Enjoy the breeze. (laughs) He leads me beside still waters. Play with that image in your head. That's what he wants. And it feels good. If you're like me, it's like, oh, man, I want that. But I can't do it. My mind doesn't stop. Here's what's fascinating. Um, I ran into this concept uh, as throughout the years um, as, as a person with OCD. Our, God made our brains to be neuroplastic, I know we have a few people here that know better than I do. I, I, I know we have Jordan. I know we have Mark. We have Katya. <laughs> so but I'm going to give you a definition that's not mine of what it means for your brain to be neuroplastic uh, or neuroplasticity. It refers to the physiological changes in the brain that happen as a result of our interactions with our environment. From the time the brain begins to develop in utero until the day we die, the connections among the cells in our brains reorganize in response to our changing needs This dynamic process allows us to learn from and adapt to different experiences. But throw that away. Here's what it means. You can reshape the pathways. You can reshape how you think. If you're stuck in this thought process that doesn't allow you to rest, God made your brain, you know, moldable. You can change it. Even for non-Christians, this is true. But imagine, empowered by the Holy Spirit, how you can renew your mind to rest. Have that rest that's always eluded your racing mind. He gave you the Holy Spirit. Imagine neuroplasticity, but with the Holy Spirit. You can mold your mind and just totally, supernaturally change your thought process. The negativity needs to go out. Here's the first step. This is, these steps that I'm going to recommend are based on what I've learned in therapy, but also through the Bible, especially since my therapist, as I said, he's a Christian. The first step that you should do, the first step that will help you to stop the negative self-talk so that you can enjoy rest is force yourself to identify the negative self-talk. When it happens, interrupt it and say, this is a negative Self-talk happening right now. Identify the negative self-talk in your mind. This practice, research shows, will help you. It's not the only thing. If you only do that, it won't do anything. But it's necessary for you to start changing and renewing your mind in Christ Jesus. You have to identify the negative self-talk and say, Hey, wait, this thought is coming through my mind. This is a negative self-talk happening right now. This is a mental filter. This is an all or nothing mentality. This is a labeling, whatever it is, identify it. That's step one. And this is biblical. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, he says, take every thought captive to obey Christ. I'm focusing on the second half of that verse, but it is so true any faulty way of thinking that applies to it any faulty th- way of thinking god is a god of truth and the problem with negative self talk is that it's faulty it's wrong it's a distortion of the reality it's not that we're not flawed but how we react to our mistakes and our and and, and our insufficiencies is what's wrong how we view ourselves god wants you to take every self talk that's negative captive to Christ. And give it to Christ. Give it to Christ. Identify the negative self-talk in your mind. You must do it. Actually say it in your mind. Oh, this is me applying this type of mental trap. I'm doing negative self-talk. That's step one. Step two, Correct your false negative self-talk with real biblical self-talk. This, is, this must follow the first step, which is, oh, wait, I'm doing this. I'm doing self-negative talk. i got to stop this. Yes, you've identified it, but now correct it. Overwhelm it. Shower it with biblical truth about you, about who God says you are. How else can you rest from your mind? How else can you get rest from that critical self in you that never lets you be at peace? You have to speak biblical truth to it. You might say, if you're me, you might say, you know what, I'm not that great of a mathematician. I'm not that great of a professor. Um, such and such is better than me. Or if you're, um, if you're a, uh, uh, someone that practice, uh, practices athletics, you might say, I'm not the best person on the team. You you might focus on all these negative things, or I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough husband. Look at what I did the other day, and maybe you've been a great husband, and then you made one mistake, and you focused on that. Here's the thing. Your faults don't define you. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why these labelings, these self-negative talks that you have in your mind, they have no place in you. You have to take every thought captive to Christ and correct it with real biblical self-talk. That's the second step. You want to know what's true about you. You want to know how you speak to that negative self-talk. Here it is. God, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Psalm 139. I praise you. Look, Listen to this. This is biblical, okay? I know it sounds weird to talk good about you, but this is biblical. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, including you. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Does your soul know it well? Come on, speak to yourself. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths. Of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. You're like one of those characters in a movie where you're you're like you're the chosen one. <laughs> you're de- you, there's a prophecy about you. I'm, I'm not kidding. There's a prophecy about you. There, 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 you, there are days written for you. They include the mistakes. They include the sins, the the, the tumblings that you took along the way. But that's why Jesus died on the cross for you. Because now you get his identity. You get his perfection. You get his mercy, his love, his grace, all of the good stuff. Correct your negative self-talk. Give yourself some rest. Speak biblical truth to who you are. In Psalm 42, 5, the psalmist does this. He practices correcting his worried soul. In Psalm 42, 5, the psalmist says to himself, positive self talk. He says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. The negative self talk was, I'm, pardon the expression, I'm screwed. I'm done for. Wait. He identifies it and he corrects it. He says, why are you cast down? I'm saved. My salvation, God. I'm saved. Rest in that. Let go. Step number three. Distract yourself. Now, let's recap for a moment. First step, you identified the negative self-talk here it is, I'm doing this. Now let me correct it. This is the right way to think about yourself, Ricardo. Step three, now distract yourself. Move on to something else. This is, again, based on practices by psychologists and therapists that deal with these type of issues. But again, empowered by the Holy Spirit, the, 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 you know, the sky's the limit. Distract yourself with the goodness of God. Don't make it about you. You've identified the negative self-talk. You've corrected it and now move from you to God. Rest in him. Take the focus away from you and think on all the good things of him and what he is to you. Distract yourself with the goodness of God. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 tells us whatever is true... Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Peace. That sounds so good. Rest. Here's the crazy part. If you have your Bibles and you're in Philippians 4, notice where that verse came from. It came from first telling you to not be anxious and give everything to God. That's where that comes from. So this is really about resting from your mind. You've got to distract yourself. Let's recap what we've said here. Number one, identify when you're doing the negative self-talk. Step two, once you've done that, correct it with biblical truth. Not your own opinions about you. That's not going to (laughs) work. Who God says you are. Remind yourself. He wants you to come to him and be rested. All of you that are heavy laden, that our burden, come and find rest in him. He wants you to lay down in green pastures. Lie down in green pastures. That's what he wants. And then finally, once you've corrected your negative self-talk, move on and distract yourself. That practice creates a thought process change in your mind. This is neuroplasticity, but empowered by the Holy Spirit. Your, your, your thought process will change slowly, but surely. I've been on medications for my condition my whole life. And I, I'm not saying that medications aren't bad. I, I took one this morning. I take them every day for my condition. But I've experienced the most breakthrough this summer with my therapist by following this. Because... It's not just researched, it's biblical. Find rest in Jesus. Don't let your self-talk determine who you are. We, we let negative self-talk get so much in the way that we sometimes forget that God loves you. Some of you need to hear that. God loves you. There's this scene in Good Will Hunting where <laughs> Robin Williams keeps repeating something till it sinks in. And the, and, and the main character's like, I know, I know, I know. No, you need to hear it. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you in spite of what you've done. See, the problem is we're so, we, we connect value with our ability to be perfect. We connect value with what we do and how we measure and compare ourselves to others. But our value isn't in that because, like J- Jason said, we're all messed up. If our value is based on that, we're done. Our value is in the fact that God loves you. He loves you. That's what makes you valuable. He gives you the value. He made you. He destined you. There are prophetic days ahead of you. Those things that are getting in the way, you're going to conquer them. Those storms that you're experiencing, they're there for a reason. And God, he doesn't say that he's giving you um, that he's taking the storms away, he promises he'll be in the midst of the storm with you. He's going to be there. Now, one thing I remember I heard from Pete Gregg, he said um, when we pray for God, we, we pray for him to solve our problems. We pray for him to come in a helicopter and take us out of the storm. But what God does when we pray for help is he, he's one of the parachute guys that jumps into the battle. to to be there with you. That's what Jesus does. God loves you. You need to hear it. Don't let the negative self-talk get to you. You're chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You're a son, a a daughter of the living God. That's who you are. So shut down the negative self-talk. As the worship band comes forth, I pray that you guys would understand that It's not a, just, this isn't a motivational sermon. This is about rest. You need rest from the negative self-talk. From your insufficiencies, from the I'm not good enough, from the I'm not pretty enough, from the, "I," I, you know, I, I don't have this or I don't have that. Whatever it is that's keeping you from rest, from just being able to relax, It starts with you. We're going to cover other things in this sermon series, but you've got to quiet yourself down. You've got to rest in him and who God says you are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you tell us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that you love us despite what we've failed at, despite our insufficiencies, despite all, all of our shortcomings, you love us. Our value is in that. And we ask that that you would renew our minds. That we would be renewed, not to be narcissists, but to be people who see ourselves biblically, and that's different. That see ourselves as sons and daughters of the living God, a royal priesthood, representatives of Christ, flawed, yes, gritty, yes, but loved by you, accepted by you, despite our shortcomings, accepted and loved, holy by you. We are holy because of you. We thank you for this, and we ask that you would remind us and that you would help us break ground with quieting our minds down so that we could rest, so that we can we can actually obey your command that says, come and rest. Father, may we obey and come and rest in you, that we would rest from the loudness of our minds and embrace the value and love of who you are. As the ushers get prepared to come forth for the tithes and offerings, we pray that you would multiply the tithes and offerings And that there would be an opportunity of worship. That we would just worship complete or or, or exercise our worship of complete dependence on you and trust in you. And that they would be, these tithes and offerings be multiplied and used for the city of Redlands and beyond. All the way to Espor Los Niños, all the way to uh, Spain, to the Shia family. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.